Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and I know you missed him. He's back after a two-week absence. Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Man, I've missed it. I've I've missed it. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we had some racing this past week. Uh, Lane and I were up in Wisconsin. Um, He he did some racing up there. And uh, before that, he had mentioned that he wanted to do another podcast, which I thought was cool that that he kind of offered that up. He's actually a... We're putting him on a plane this Saturday, and he's going to be out in Park City, Utah, training at altitude for a month. Um, so this old dad, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to handle that. I've never been away from either of my kids for really over a week. And yeah. so... Um, Good luck with that. Yeah. You'll, you'll be uh, you'll be on the phone with him regularly, I am sure. Yeah. Well, we've got this little, uh, a little bit of a competition going or on my part, it's a competition. I'll share that later, but uh, okay. that'll, that'll keep us talking every day. So <laughs> hopefully it won't be that bad, but I could actually see myself hopping on a plane in a couple of weeks and just heading out there and touching base. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't need to do that, but yeah, it's going to be tough. So have you enjoyed those last two episodes? I have. Well, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to yours in lanes right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. uh yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I love to hear you and Lane talk running because yeah. you are such running nerds. <laughs> I mean, really. Y'all y'all get into the weeds on names. I don't know any of these names. Uh, the only one I knew was uh y'all mentioned Justin Gatlin and Usain Bolt. But all the other names, I had no clue who y'all were talking about. Yeah. I love talking with folks who know what they're talking about. It's yeah. awesome. What are you awesome. trying to say, Dean? Well, just about about that. About about elite <laughs> running. Um, but I like learning stuff from other people too. So yeah. I'm sure you're the same way. I know, you know, you, you talk about the building industry. I don't mm-hmm. know anything about, sure. and it's always fascinating to me yeah. to learn all of that stuff. So it's cool. Yeah. So, Hey, do you feel like your testimony is unimpressive? You hear all these crazy testimonies about being delivered from drug addiction and you think, well, my story is just not special. We're going to share a story today that explains why your testimony is just as good and just as important as anyone else's is. And then, have you ever heard the saying, two wrongs don't make a right? Mm -hmm. My mother used to say it all the time, and we're going to talk about that in Dean's Thoughts. I think all of our moms used to say that a lot. Yeah, Uh, I didn't know. I I just know my mother said it over and over. Hey, before we get into that, we're going to talk about our sponsor right now. Uh, this week's sponsor is uh, Front Runner Athletics, Chad Varga up in Chattanooga or Hickson. Uh, been a long time sponsor, and and what they say is followers were told to put on the whole armor of God. And as a runner, you also have gear that you need to put on to protect yourself from injuries and aches and pains. Front Runner Athletic is a family-owned running specialty store that helps fit you for quality gear that will help you run and not grow weary. I love how they use that in their advertising. Uh, they're also longtime supporters of Run for God. Mm-hmm. Really, anything we've ever asked them, ask of them, 
man, they've been right there on the spot. So if you're out there and you're local, visit Front Runner locally here in Chattanooga on Hickson Pike. Uh, they do complimentary fittings, or you can visit them online at frontrunnerathletics.com. And if you mention Run for God, you're going to get a 10% discount, no questions asked. That's awesome. So thanks to Chad and Front Runner for being a, a longtime supporter of, Good of what bunch we do here. There. Yeah. You know what I always notice? But there's two things I notice when I go into Front Runner. First, everybody's friendly. Mm-hmm. They're just really nice people, but they're also super attentive. So if you're standing over here in the corner and you're talking with Andrew, the manager there, mm-hmm. about something that is not really focused on their business, he's going to leave me and sure. go go help the customer. Yeah, which is you know, it's important. It, it doesn't seem like it's that big. Of, well, of course he would do that. Well, there's a lot of places that don't do that, right. but Front Runner does. They're yeah. focused on their customers. So. Great group. Yep. Facebook post from this past week. This one is from Vanessa Helena Cook. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, That, but uh, Vanessa Cook. This early morning run was not an easy one. I have been having a rough few runs, not feeling the heat for one, and allergies are kicking my butt. Initially, I wasn't going to post my time. I felt ashamed that I couldn't get myself to run at a faster pace. Then I realized how absurd it was to feel ashamed over something that just three short years ago seemed impossible. Three years ago, I could barely run for 60 seconds without feeling like death. Three years ago, the notion of training for a marathon would have been laughable. Tomorrow will hopefully be a better run day. And if not, I'll still celebrate the victory and blessing in running with the sunrise. Hmm. Hashtag Garmin running, hashtag Garmin fitness, hashtag Garmin, hashtag beat yesterday, (laughs) hashtag league of Garmin, hashtag run for God, hashtag couch to marathon. I think she's a Garmin fan. Well, I'm going to make Vanessa feel just a little bit better. Uh, This past weekend, I mentioned we were in Wisconsin, and I wasn't going to tell this, but when you see this, I have to tell this. (laughs) We were in Wisconsin. For whatever reason, I usually like going to that race up there because it's Wisconsin and it's cooler than it is here. Well, this past weekend, it was 95 degrees up there. I mean, it was hotter than the South and we're in Wisconsin. And, uh, so Saturday I go out for my long run and it was just one of those days. uh, Needless to say, I I got slowed to a walk a few times (laughs) and, I've talked about how I talk to myself when these things start happening, and I was just not happy with my performance. It was slow. It was miserable. It was so hot. And so we, Lane and I go back to the hotel, and I thought, you know what? I've got to go to do this again. <laughs> so I head out on a run, and by this time, it's it's the full 95 degrees. I mean, this is like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm just – I don't know what's going through my head, but I go out to do it again thinking, well, it'll be better this time. Well, I don't know what I was thinking. I wound up walking like 80% (laughs) of doing my long run for the second time in the same day. (laughs) And so, yeah, I I understand exactly where Vanessa is. This time of year, it's getting hot. You know, I'm, I'm the coming back to running. We've talked about this. And I remember from years ago this time period and, I'm glad I have that to lean back on, um, but to encourage people like Vanessa and, and others out there who are really struggling right now, because this is that this is that time period where we're we're kind of ramping up the mileage. We're we're late into the 10k now. We're about to move on to the half marathon. 
if if you can get through this time period, um, because it's it's a mental shift right now. It You're is. having to get your mind wrapped around being on your feet for a longer amount of time. Mm-hmm. And it from a mental standpoint, it will get easier, but you've got to force yourself. Now maybe not go out and do it twice. Yeah, that twi- was a doing it twice. Yeah, that's, that was just yeah, that was you, not smart. You, yeah, you know what I say um, about that. Yeah, when you're dumb, you got to be. You got to be tough. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I didn't feel tough that day either. It was bad, but uh, but yeah, just for all of you out there who may be struggling with the heat and the things like that, seasons are changing. Take heart. We're all going through it. Yeah. And, well, uh, we all and we all do. And 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 I I had a recent run where, quite frankly, I looked at it and I thought I don't. You know, I, everything I do now automatically uploads to Strava. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. In the past, a lot of times, if I felt like I was going to run really slow, I just didn't even turn my watch on <laughs> at all. But now I feel like, well, I'm uploading almost everything to Strava, and every once in a while I will run without a watch, and sure. it doesn't go into Strava. But for the most part, um, everything goes into Strava. So I'm running, and I ran like, it was like 834 pace, I think it was, mm-hmm. for whatever run I had. And, um, you know, my thoughts were, I don't run that slow. Mm-hmm. But everybody needs to know. Dean, sometimes, he runs. And then I thought, you know, how how arrogant is it of me to think that 834 is slow? Right. Because there's a lot of people that would love to be able to run at 834. There's me, a lot of people who love, to, love right. to be able to run a race at 834. Yeah. Uh, and here I am feeling embarrassed about it. Don't feel embarrassed about whatever that time is. Yeah. Don't even well and it's we're going to talk about it on down in here so i won't i won't dwell on this point but it's it's kind of the social media mentality yeah i only want to put the good stuff up yeah but many times just like our testimonies people need to see the bad stuff to know everybody goes through it that is true and uh, it's no different with our runs that is true yep all right the trivia question in keeping with our olympic theme from the past several weeks there was a man who won the 800 meter run in the 1972 munich olympics there were a couple of peculiar things about him tell me what he wore that was a little odd and the manner in which he won the olympic 800 final race um i'm gonna try to put this incident on the screen as we talk about this because it was a really cool race to watch if you've never watched it um, and you're listening to this podcast really seriously go to youtube and watch this race you will get so excited watching this race i've watched it over and i've watched it i don't know how many dozens of times so the winner of this did they did they answer the question what was he wearing that was peculiar because i don't know that i would have got that yeah really that's well i don't i I would i assume so um because they haven't answered yet because we're about to give the answer right now they would have answered yes you're right. <laughs> I get confused. Yeah, I mean, you, but, once you said yeah. it, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that is kind of peculiar. But I don't know that I would have picked up on it. You might not have. watched it. Well, really? I mean, you you called it out. So I'm sure yeah, they were paying attention. Yeah. But I don't know that I would have got that. But I after totally, you said it, I totally. I totally would have got really? it. Really? Okay. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. It just looks odd to me. But yeah. but maybe it's just because I watch so much track and field that, that it looks odd to me. Maybe it wouldn't otherwise because if you're uh, – That's right. I'm getting my weeks mixed up. So they're, if, they're giving their answers right now. If, if you're okay. – I, I, I if, always get my weeks mixed up on here. If you're a distance runner, seeing people run with a hat on is not unusual. Sure. But in this case, Dave Waddle is the guy's name. He ran the 800 meters in the Olympics with a hat on, which you can't do any longer. They won't let them. It's against the rules to Why wear a hat that? now. I don't know. 
but it is. Hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure what the, the story is behind the, the rule change, but, um, but he still has that hat. I saw an interview with him where he still has that hat that he wore really? that day. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It was kind of a golf cap, too. A lot of people back then, a lot of marathoners would wear painter's caps was a big thing then. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were people who wore hats, but a golf cap, it looked it, he looked odd. He looked hmm. out of place. He looked like this guy who just showed up and then just ran past everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and, uh, and the reason why he began wearing the hat to begin with was because he had this really long hair, and he would wad all his hair up to put it in the hat so that it wouldn't get in his way. Well, by the time he ran in the Olympics, he didn't have the long hair anymore, but he had gotten used to the hat. Sure. So he was still wearing the hat, uh, which is pretty cool. He, uh, he went to Bowling Green State University. That's not exactly a mecca for running. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born in Canton, Ohio. Uh, and he lived, when he was growing up, just two blocks from the Football Hall of Fame, hmm. which I think is kind of cool. Uh, his race in the 72 Olympic 800-meter final is probably one of the most fun watches sure. races to watch you'll find anywhere. He begins the race. He's way back. He comes through that first lap. He's probably 10 meters behind everybody in that for, at the end of the first lap. And then he, as, as some of those front runners make the race a little bit more tactical, they begin to slow down. And then he, he starts to catch them one at a time. He kind of pull, eases up after that first lap. He starts to ease up on the back of the pack. And then he passes one. And then he passes another. And it's like, and then you realize with 200 meters to go, wait a minute. He's in position. I mean, he's in a good position here. He, he has a chance at this thing. And so he keeps moving up. And as they get into that, uh, that last turn, the favorite, the, the, I guess with 300 meters to go, the guy who was the favorite, he's a guy from Russia, just took off. Yeah. And he looked like, oh, my gosh, that guy, he looks like he's going to kill everybody. Um, he went around the two canyons. Then when the, he went around them, they picked it up. They get in the last 200 meters, and you can see everybody's kind of really digging now. But at this point, Dave Waddle has just kind of moved up, but you can tell he hasn't turned on the afterburners yet. And then they came around that last turn, and you can see Dave go, okay, it's time to go now. And, uh, and he did. And for the last 100 meters, um, it, going in the last 100 meters, it looked like he had a shot, but he had to really get going. And, of course, he did. And he winds up he winds up winning this thing by three hundredths mm-hmm. of a second right there, right at the end, beating that, the, the guy from Russia. Um, the guy from Russia actually kind of falls down. Lunged. He lunges. He falls down. And Dave just continues. He stays upright, and he runs across the line. I often wonder about that if that – that lunging actually cost him the race. But isn't that – don't you see that some in, yeah. in races people I, will – I've l- done it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because to me, it, it almost seems like – because to lunge, I would think you would almost have to get the footing to lunge. It, it feels like the momentum would have to shift for just a microsecond to lunge. And yeah. it seems like that would almost slow you down. Yeah. But I guess – I, think, I guess it doesn't. Actually, I think it does. Okay. I, I do think it does, but I think that, uh, or maybe there's no advantage, but it's just an instinctive thing. Right. You're, you're trying so hard because you know that it's your chest that counts. Sure. And you're trying so hard to get to that line. This happened to me in high school in the 800-meter race to qualify for finals. Um, there were three of us all running down that straightaway together. And I, at, at, when I got to the line, I instinctively kind of, and I did the same thing that, that this Russian guy did. I fell mm. down at the wow. line. And uh, 
different. I, I finished. I also finished second, but I only needed to finish second. <laughs> third, there was the guy that the guy that won. The, the guy that finished third was two hundredths of a second behind the guy that won. I was in the middle, in between them. Wow, that's how close it was. The guy that finished third didn't make the final. Wow. So yeah. Uh, anyway, so anyway, Dave, you know, Dave was one of these guys who nobody really expected him to do much. Dave wasn't really an 800-meter runner. He was a 1,500-meter guy. And even if you talk to him to this day, he'll tell you, I was a 1,500-meter guy that became an 800-meter guy for a few weeks or a few months. Well, haven't I read somewhere, because I, I have seen this in the past, but doesn't he talk about that the, it was obvious that toward the end the race kind of started becoming becoming tactical yeah yeah and he wasn't a tactical guy he was just so he he seized on the opportunity he saw that the race was changing and he just because he at first he thought he was just going to settle for third third was going to be the best he could get am i right and i've read this but that he he saw that it was becoming tactical he saw there was some games being played and he just he just went around all the games yeah, that's yeah, it's exactly right. But he he always ran from behind. That was his way of running. He yeah. had a big kick, and he knew he had a big kick, and he relied on his big kick often. Uh, but he was again, he was a miler. He wasn't an eight hundred meter guy, sure. so nobody expected him to win. Yeah, he certainly didn't expect to win because nobody else expected him to win. <laughs> yeah, but he yeah, you're right. The opportunity came, and the interesting part is when you hear the interview with him, and you can find that on YouTube. There's an interview with him where he talks about how. Everybody thinks that he's this really intelligent guy who let them get, get in front of him. And he says, that's not true. He says, I couldn't keep up with him. He actually was nursing an injury that he had to take a few weeks off for before the Olympics. He actually take, took weeks off of, really? of training. Because it was a, was because it a knee the, injury? The injury was that bad. I think it was a knee yeah. injury. And um, so he takes, he takes his time off. And he literally had to go out slower because he couldn't keep up with them right. to start with because he couldn't start off that fast. Um, and he, he, he'll he tell you he was fortunate that the race became tactical. It's really cool to hear a guy like that who did something that's so crazy and fantastic be so humble about it mm -hmm. because that's his, his attitude is, yeah, if those guys hadn't done what they did, they would have run away from me. And the truth is the time was still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> For that time, it wasn't like it was a slow time. Right. He ran really well. Um, but it, it, it's good to see to see a guy that's that humble that does so well. And I, I, honestly, um, I think it's one of the best Olympic moments ever. Um, <laughs> if you'll notice, you see um, there's a picture that you'll find of him where he's standing on the podium with his hand over his heart while they're playing the national anthem, and he's got his hat on. <laughs> and, of course, you, you can imagine what happened. Yeah. The, People just throttled him for that, for not taking his hat off. And he was so apologetic for it because he just forgot he had it on. He just didn't think about taking it off. And it, it was uh, – Wow, how times have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah no kidding. Uh, anyway, great, great moment, great moment for so sure. So I want to tell you kind of a funny story. It's not funny. It's kind of creepy because we talk about this some. Have you, ever, have you ever been talking about something and your phone's around and then you – you go to look at yeah. social media or something, and boom, whatever you're talking about was there. Now, I know if we're searching for something, we'll find it, but I have literally been talking about stuff. You have to. I have to. And you pull it up, and there it is on social media because the phones are listening. Well, and and I was reading through your outline, getting ready for, for this podcast, and 
I was reading about Dave Waddle, the 800, coming from behind, you know, the whole story. And I thought, you asked the question, you know, you were asking me, have you ever seen this race? And I have, but it's been a long time. So I thought, well, I'm going to go to YouTube and just pull it up, watch it again, make sure I'm fresh on it. I pull up YouTube, and the first thing that pops up is this, uh, you know how YouTube gives you the suggested videos to watch. Yeah. And it says... High school freshman socks shocks the world from coming from behind on a collegiate 800 meter. She's a high school freshman, but she comes from further back than Dave Waddle. This is a collegiate meet. I don't know how she's able to run in it, but it's the exact story of Dave Waddle. Yeah. But it's just modern day. It actually happened back in January. It was an indoor meet. And I thought, this computer is watching what I'm reading. Now, maybe this is a conspiracy theory. I don't know. But it was a big, <laughs> very big um, coincidence, if it was a coincidence. So, anyway, I thought I'd throw that in there. Well, it's really scary. I mean, I've seen that before. and Well, not quite that. That's the first time I've seen something that you're reading. Yeah, I didn't I'm, talk it. I wasn't searching. That, that's the thing is is I, I've been, you know, I've searched for stuff online. Yeah. And you're, you read an article and then boom, the next thing. Well, that's you know, cookies and all that right. stuff. And, and talking, I know that you give Facebook and whoever, when you, when yeah. you put that app on your phone, you give them full control. Yeah. They can pretty much do whatever they want but this is the first time i've been reading something and then yeah maybe it was a coincidence i don't know maybe so maybe so all right it it, 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 we we talk about dave waddle was doing something outside of his comfort zone right Mm -hmm. he was doing the 800 meters he was normally a 1500 meter runner and he had to go and then of course the race goes out in a way that's not comfortable for him so he now he's way outside of his comfort zone but what is interesting about this whole race and this whole thing is that he winds up looking and seeing opportunity in front of him Mm -hmm. right and so it's the same way for all of us if you're out there and you are not sure dave waddle wasn't sure either Mm -hmm. but he went out there and he gave it a shot and before he knew it this finish line was coming up from in front of him before everybody else it can be that way for you too Mm -hmm. get out there and, and and give it a shot do the things that, that you think are hard, um, and, and maybe you'll be a Dave Waddle. You'll, get out of your comfort zone. You'll get way out of your comfort zone, and you'll do something fantastic that you'll be talking about 30 years from now, just like we are Dave Waddle. Yeah. That's pretty cool. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. All right, so we're back, and uh, if you're part of the Couch to Marathon, we get questions every day about Disney. Yeah. And we have the same questions. We really don't understand what's going on there, uh, but they have not made an announcement. There's a lot of speculation. I looked this morning, and there's a lot of people saying it's going to happen, but there has been it's been crickets from Run Disney. Um, 
So we still have no word. We check every day. We're going to let everybody know as soon as we know something. Some people listening are already booking rooms, yeah. um, which is fine. But just know that that whole weekend could change depending on what Disney says. Right now, we're still planning on Disney. But um, we haven't got word yet. And I, I'm kind of scratching my head as to why, because the parks are wide open from what I understand. Yeah. So, But I know that Run Disney is actually not Disney. It's it's a different corporation, and, and they're not really affiliated with Walt Disney World. Um, it's just they do all the events at Disney. So it's, it's kind of a separate thing. But, um, yeah, as soon as we know something, we're going to let everybody know. Well, hopefully we'll hear something soon. Yeah. Don't forget that you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com, and uh, we will answer the questions best we can. Sometimes uh, sometimes I get to those really fast, and sometimes I get to those a little slow. Uh, have patience. Uh, it depends probably on when, it, when I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes they're really convenient, and sometimes not so much. Uh, but I, try, I, may, I, I make sure that I answer everybody eventually. Um, so... If you don't know about us, go to runforgodrunclub.com. Check out what Run Club is all about because I think we got some good stuff going on here. Yeah. And we, at least that's what people tell and us. And we're planning a lot more good stuff. That's right. And uh, that's right. we're excited. Yeah. Yeah. So we are about to share somebody's story, and we want to hear your story. And if you have not shared your story, that and, and maybe you're – reticence to share your story is because you don't think you have much of a testimony Hmm. well we're going to share a testimony today that proves you do have a testimony even if you don't think you have one sure right so here we go this one comes from shannon clifford she's from flagstaff arizona and she entitles hers my vanilla testimony The other day, I heard Mitchell say on a podcast that he knew someone who considered themselves to have a vanilla testimony. Boy, I could relate. I also have a vanilla testimony, and that really used to bother me, but not anymore. Have you ever noticed how sweet vanilla smells and how you can add it to other flavors like chocolate to enhance or intensify it? Yeah, that's my vanilla testimony. When I was five years old, my parents, who had been lifelong churchgoers, met Jesus. This dramatically changed the course of their lives, and I am sure mine as well. When I was seven years old, I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit for the first time and gave my life to Jesus. Thankfully, my parents taught me what it meant to live for Him. But I was young and immature and didn't really know how to cultivate a deep relationship with Him. When I was 14, I rededicated my life to him and really tried to live my life in a way that would be pleasing to my Savior. My family attended church where the membership was mostly made up of people who had been saved from lives of addiction and awful things that can go along with that. So I grew up hearing testimonies of people who had been saved from many dark and horrible things. This led me to feel that my testimony was not as good or powerful as theirs, and I wished I had a better story to tell. From a young age, I shared Jesus with different people along the way, and a few of them came to know him. But I never felt like I was doing enough. Isn't that just like Satan to diminish such a miraculous thing? 
One day when I was in my mid-30s, I was contemplating how boring my testimony was and how I didn't have the opportunity to share a dynamic story that would wow people and bring them to Jesus. At that moment, I felt God impress on me very strongly that my testimony is powerful, that I may not have been saved from a horrible past, but I most certainly had been saved from a horrible future. That really got my attention. My entire life is a testament of the Lord's work. How is that not powerful? I don't want to give the impression that my life has been pain-free or that I've always done things in a way that pleases the Lord. That would be unrealistic. Just like training for a marathon, there are ups and downs. Times I felt like I could run all day, and other times I feel like I can't even make it out of the driveway. But I have had Jesus right beside me for every one of those painful steps and stupid choices guiding me back to the right path, just like the GPS I have on my phone helps me get back on the right path if I lose my way on a new trail. As for vanilla, did you know that it's the second most expensive spice? It comes from an orchid which takes three years to grow and can only be pollinated by a small bee that is nearly extinct. So all vanilla is hand-pollinated and hand-harvested. The beans take six to nine months to mature, then go through a lengthy and labor-intensive process of curing after harvest. This is why it's so expensive. My life has been like that, slow to grow and labor-intensive. The master's hand has been on me for my entire life, nurturing and pruning me into the person he wants me to be. He even uses my past mistakes as fertilizer for my future, much like rotten vegetables, manure, and weeds are made into compost. Only God can do that. My life and testimony may be subtler or subtle rather than dynamic, but they can enhance every other life they touch. I am grateful to have a vanilla testimony. Man, that is an that's an awesome story and an awesome way. That's it's just an awesome perspective yeah. on. I mean, because we've said that a lot. You know, you have you have a story. Don't think that you do, or don't think that you don't. But to hear it put, to, I learned more about vanilla than I ever thought I would <laughs> learn, um, and it's so. I mean, yeah, it's just a great story. I yeah. love it. It's right to the heart of what so many Christians think mm-hmm. because we often, I've said it before, uh, my story is not that good. Mm-hmm. Now, some things have happened in my life recently that are better to share than my original story. Sure. Um, you know, so it makes a difference. But this whole idea of the way she says she wasn't saved from a horrible past, but she was saved from a horrible future. Gosh, what a powerful way to say it. Gosh, that's great. Scripture passage 1, Isaiah 49, 1 through 3. Listen, O coastlands, to me, and take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb. From the matrix of my mother he has made mention of my name, and he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he has hidden me and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver he has hidden, hidden me. And he said to me, you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Mm-hmm. You know, Isaiah is telling everybody kind of why he's there. Um, he's talking to these people far away. That's why he, he says that. Um, he's talking to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. He's talking to you and me when he's talking about this. Um, uh, 
And this story is kind of everybody's story to some degree. He's saying that God has a plan for him from the time he was born. And, of course, in Isaiah's case, he had a very specific thing to do mm-hmm. as a prophet. Mm-hmm. But we all have a really important thing to do, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we the, the beauty about where we are today is we have a playbook. Yeah. I mean, we it's it's spelled out very specific. We we have the Bible. And uh for and that's that sharp sword that she talks about here and he talks about here. Sure. Yep. And for for any of us to say we don't know what God's plan is for our life, we need to get into the word because that will be revealed to us. If you search, you'll find it. Yeah. Um, but so many times it's our lack of searching is what produces the lack of direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Scripture passage two, Psalms seventy one, fifteen and then seventeen through eighteen. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. O God, you have taught me from my youth. And to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me, until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. <laughs> this is kind of kind of a it's kind of a key to to everybody who thinks that growing up as a Christian means you don't have a testimony. You know. It, you have all of these things, your experiences. I just mentioned how my my that that testimony of of my incident when I got saved, which I may talk about here shortly, but it, it is not powerful. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. A, it's different. But and there's other people I can talk to because it's different. Um, but a lot of the stuff that's happened along the way, people who were started to be Christians last year don't have the breadth. Right. Of, of information and the breadth of, of experiences that I have. Right. And so that's my testimony is different than somebody who was saved last year. Right? Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, this reminds me, I had a conversation with a young man a while back and I've, I've known this young man ever since he was little. And he was, he was a little bit concerned that he didn't have that overcomer story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was weighing on him. You know, we we hear and watch the movies about the crazy stories where people overcome odds. And and he, he was expressing to me his concern that he didn't have that. And he thought that somehow that was a a, a blot on his life that mm-hmm. that he he needed that. He didn't um he didn't understand that he had overcome bit by bit yeah. through the years. It 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 can be a cumulative thing, and it can mm-hmm. be all at once. Um, you sure know, this young man's been. an incredible athlete. He's never been in trouble. He's a straight-A student. and He's one of those kids that other parents use as an example. But to him, he, he felt that he was missing part of the story because he didn't have something that that he had overcome. And and what that realized, what that, what that made me realize is it's, our job to encourage those people because yeah. many times we we don't talk about the vanilla story just like the story we just read we like to talk about the great testimonies and the great mm-hmm. overcomers and, and that's okay but we don't need to neglect telling especially our young people 
you're awesome. I mean, this young man is an awesome young man, but maybe we as coaches and parents aren't telling those young people that enough. Um, his story is awesome, and he needs he he needs to share it. You know, my story is not interesting. Is is a lie from the pit of hell? That's right. I mean, it is. It's it's the way the evil one steals our joy, mm-hmm. um, which by default is is God's story. He, yeah. it's, it's a way of, of taking away from our story, which is God's story. Yeah, and I, I'm convinced that that is that is a lie that we believe. You know, just like just like this story talked about, she she thought that her story wasn't that impressive. But I will guarantee you, somebody listening to this podcast, that story is going to resonate with, and yeah. that story is going to change somebody, even though she thinks it's in her words vanilla. Yeah. Um. But we've got to understand. I don't know how we've gotten to the point to think how how foolish are we to think that a story of salvation is anything but miraculous, and we overcome. Just like she said, we have overcome an eternity of destruction. Yeah, and I don't know. And the, the truth is, the story is just different, right? Because. Think about this. Who is it if we have an issue? Uh, let's say, gosh, I don't know. I have a problem with my car. Who am I going to go to? Am I going to go to a guy that just graduated from college and bring my car to him? Or am I going to take it to the guy who's been doing it for 30 years? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it to the guy who's been doing it for 30 years because we respect experience. Sure. And you can look at that doctor's. We like doctors who have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. We like uh, we like people who who understand things from a deeper perspective because they're knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you if you're a longtime Christian, that's who you are. Mm-hmm. You're that thirty year mechanic. You're that doctor who's been around and has done all those surgeries because you've seen what God can do. You have an impressive testimony because of that. Now you may not maybe that beginning thing that started your kicked off your testimony may not be this grand you know crazy 180 degree turn but there's a lot there sure there's a bunch there yeah for sure scripture passage three second corinthians 2 14 and 15 now thanks be to god who always leads us in triumph in christ and through us diffuses the fragrance fragrance of his knowledge in every place for we are to god the fragrance of christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing man that is that's exactly what i was just saying we are to to people to god to god himself we are we are that sweet smell in his nostril how can we not have an impressive testimony when that's what we are to God? Well, and let's go back to the young man I was talking about. You know, he I look at this young man and I say he's living he's living a a life for Christ and he has been for years. He's a good kid, he's a great athlete. He's done everything right. Meanwhile, he's thinking I don't have that overcomer story. I feel like something's missing. Well, think about those people, and I and I know this because I've I've seen it with my own two eyes. People who are not living the way they should. He is the fragrance that the Bible's talking about. Here. That's right. They're looking at him and they're saying, "I wish I didn't have this 
overcoming thing. And that that is what it's 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 people like him. If you didn't have those people, you wouldn't have those powerful overcoming stories. That's right. Because those people are attracted to that fragrance, that fragrance being a godly life. It's something different than what they've grown up in and that they know is wrong and God's convicting their heart. So without those people, we just can't discount living a life for Christ and having never known those crazy obstacles because God is using that person just as powerful, just as powerfully as he's using that person's overcoming story because they came to know Christ because of the person that thinks they have a vanilla testimony. Yeah. And you can't, it's the chicken and the egg. You can't have one without the other. And it's, if that is your testimony out there, well, I grew up in church and I've just always done right. And great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I will guarantee you the person who is steeped in a life of sin, searching for a way out would trade with you any day. Yeah. Um, so don't, don't let, I mean, it broke my heart when I was listening to this young man sure. talk about this. And it's just, that's the evil one trying to take away from our testimony. Not that he can take it away, but try to take away the importance and the miraculousness, if that's even a word, of our testimony. Because that's what he does. Yeah. Well, you know, we I end all of our podcasts with go out there and shine your light. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we're talking about. Sure. Is is be an example to to folks out there. When you end, you end a lot of things with go out there and share Jesus. Something something along those go lines. Go out there and tell someone about Jesus. Yeah, today. go out there yeah. and tell someone about Jesus. Yeah, it, it's the same thing. It's it's That's not always the words we say. Yeah. It's the it's way what, we live our life. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Question Has Satan tried to talk you out of your testimony? If so, how has this affected how you share Christ with others? You know, I'll tell my my story here about my testimony is this. I come from a background where the church that I went to when I was a kid, and thank God for this church. This church was, uh, they had a bus ministry. I lived out in kind of in the sticks down south of Miami, and this bus just came around and picked folks up. We had probably 300 kids that would show up for church wow. that were all brought there through this bus ministry. Um, I mean, we had six or seven buses going out and picking kids up. And it was awesome to get to go. But that particular church's uh, thoughts were you you could be saved over and over again. Okay. Now, if you if you believe that out there, that's great. That's fantastic. Whatever you believe, you can believe. That's what I believed. Well, because I believe that, I didn't have that one. You know, everybody talks about that one time. That one time when God moved me, and I went, and I and it was just I didn't have that because I had it over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I had that multiple times, and so I can't tell you the one time that I was saved because I feel like I was saved over and over i can look at the first time and the first time to me at that point didn't become special to me right away because i had a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth mm-hmm. right and so there are people out there who i've heard them say you know i grew up in church and so i, I don't know at what point I, I was saved and i know there are a lot of people who had that experience who look at that person and go well, then you're probably not saved. And again, that's a lie from, from the devil because mm-hmm. 
the, it is possible. I, I'm living testimony to the idea that um, it, it can be a little murkier than that. Mm-hmm. And so you may be out there and you may be one of those folks who you're like, I'm not sure. Examine where your life is right now. God will let you know. Yeah, and I want to I, I I interject right there because I don't want anybody out there to mistake in what either of us are saying. Number one, you can't lose your salvation. That that's and only you know the people out there listening if you're truly a child of God, and God mm-hmm. will confirm that just like you said in the mm-hmm. pit of your stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're listening to this right now and you're just tore out of frame and consternation, and you just you just don't know. Only you know that. If you you'll have the peace of God when you hear a conversation like that. And this to me, this is just a good opportunity that if if you're feeling that anxiety with us talking about this, we have a webpage built just for you. That's right. Runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. You know, we've we've talked about the word peace a lot on this podcast. And, and I think what you're saying, if, I, I know what you're saying, that there's either peace when you hear this conversation or there's not peace. That's right. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. Do you have peace with where you stand eternally right now? And if you don't, then that's all the that's all the proof you need that you need to settle this with Jesus Christ right now. That's and right. so I encourage you to turn this podcast off. Yep. And go to runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. Now. Um, right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah. Another question. Do you view your life as a testament of God's good work? You know, I I kind of go back to what we just talked about. I think our biggest mistake is thinking our testimony is static. You know that it stopped when we got saved. Yeah. Um we we kind of hang our hat that my testimony is what happened on the day I got saved. Yeah. And before. But that's not true. No. Our testimony is alive. My testimony has changed a lot since I got saved. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's that's the biggest thing I talk about now is the what is my life been after I got saved. You know, your testimony is three parts. It's what was your life like before you met Christ? What and how did you encounter Christ? And what is your life like since? Well, that that indicates that our testimony lives mm-hmm. on with us. Um, you know, just last night, and I didn't even tell you this on the way down here, but uh, the youth pastor at our church, Matt Lowe, he resigned last night. And um wasn't anything immoral, wasn't anything. He was just, he, and he said it for years. He's older. Um, it, it takes a young man to do what he does. Yeah. And uh, it was just his time to, to step away. And, and my pastor asked me to get up afterward because, you know, it kind of got awkward when he said this. And so I got up, and and my point was he, he's going to become a school teacher. And he's going to be teaching at a middle school right up the road. And I said, you know, his his testimony didn't stop when he was saved. His testimony didn't stop tonight as he's resigned and it and it won't stop when he's teaching at the local school. You know, the cool thing is when we get to heaven, we're gonna get to meet the people, I think. I don't think this is scripture scriptural in any way, but I feel like we're gonna meet the people who we had an impact on. And yeah. The cool thing about our testimony is it impacts people that we don't even know. It's true. And Matt's going to meet people 
from his youth ministry. He's going to meet people, I have no doubt, from his time teaching in the years to come. And, yeah, I mean, it's our our life after encountering God is our testimony. Yeah. And it doesn't stop. Yep. So I kind of got off on a rabbit trail there, but. No, it, it was a good one. It was a good one. I, you know, I, I guess, again, I, I was kind of fortunate when I was young, uh, again, to, to have be part of this bus ministry and to have, you know what happened with that bus ministry and the fact that I went to church because of the bus ministry? My, my parents weren't in church. Mm-hmm. Guess where my guess why my parents went to church? Mm-hmm. Because I was going to church. Um, what a cool what a cool impact to have, right, on your parents. Um, so yeah, it's it's and I know you. But the it. cool thing is, just like we were talking about, that bus driver doesn't remember that. Nope, bus driver has no idea. The chances are that bus driver may not even be alive now. But my hope is that one day, you're going to walk up to that bus driver with your mom and everybody that was impacted. Because of the impact you're making, and I say you're making because it's not static, that's just going to be a cool day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be cool if we it's – a, it's a really good point because I don't know who that bus driver was. Sure. I don't remember him. But I think you will. I but, hope you will. Yeah, I know. That would be pretty cool to, yeah. to know that. Yeah. Another question. It, it, uh, it is wise not to compare your journey with another's because each is unique. As we train for our runs, we are constantly being told to run your own race. Do you compare yourself to others when it comes to your spiritual walk? How does this affect how you view what God is doing in your life? This day and time, it is so hard not to compare. Um, I think about I've been an athlete my whole life. I still compete to this day. I'm 55 years old. I've been doing it forever. And you still hate to lose. And I still hate to lose. <laughs> and, and I still compare myself to others. Yeah. I'm still looking. You know, I saw there's a guy who just turned 55 who is setting all sorts of road records right now. Uh, and I, I, you know where my target is. Yeah. I, you know, I know where I, I want to go uh, because, <laughs> I mean, I, that's just – it's the way I've always been. So I've always wanted to compare myself to others. Well, as a Christian and as a my testimony, I, I can't do that, right? I, I've I've got to stay away from comparing um, other myself to other people. But we do it in work. Um, you know, we want to do the best, be the best person we can at work, and do the best job that we can. Um, we do it in our running, um, and then we get to church. And church is an extension of all those other things, and we want to do that at church too. Mm-hmm. We want to have the biggest impact. We want to be the, and that can it can be good. Yeah, it can be good because you can you know you can do a lot of stuff and you can help out, but it can also be detrimental because you're working on trying to be better than everybody else, and that's yeah. not the goal. I think it's your motive. Yeah, you know what what is the motive there? I, I I think there's nothing wrong. You know, I've said it before. I would I would love to be more like Billy Graham. You know, yeah. And when you when you're when it's trying to emulate somebody, trying to there's a there's a difference. Yeah. Than trying to be like somebody for the wrong reasons, because we can have wrong motives in doing things in church. Mm-hmm. Church can become an idol to us. Yep. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, "Man, that's that's a godly man." I mean, that's 
that's how our testimony impacts people. That's right. Is they it's, see something in us that they want. And that's not bad. It's it's when you let that become competitive and and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. But um, you know, I think this is one of the areas that I feel social media is not good. You know, it does have some good parts, but in the area of comparison, it's pure evil. Um, and it's because you can look at social media and you can pick up on a pattern. You can look at my social media and pick up a pattern. Mm-hmm. It's the highlight reel. It's the good things. And we all know it, but we forget that in between each of those posts is dark times. It's bad days. It's disagreements. It's times of struggle and disappointment. But we don't, many times we don't ever show that. And for somebody from the outside looking in, they look at Mitchell's Facebook page and they say, oh, his life is perfect. Well, guess what? It's far from it. (laughs) And now we all know those people that it seems like all they post is the bad things. And it's like, golly bum. (laughs) Yeah. But you got to be careful. And I've fallen into the trap. I think we've all fallen into the trap that everybody struggles with the same things. Yeah. Not not the same things. We all struggle. We all struggle. Yeah. We all have dark days, disappointment. Um, we're not all a highlight reel. That's right. Um, but I think I, that's... I was at that a funeral. can be dangerous for some people. Yeah. I, I, I was at a funeral just yesterday, and the, the preacher who's been preaching for a long time, he was also a school teacher for a while, and... He was t- telling that story. He was talking about how somebody came up to his wife one time when he was far- a fairly young preacher and said, is your husband good all the time? <laughs> and, of course, she rolled her eyes because she's like, oh, my gosh, if you only knew. Yeah. And that's a preacher, right? Because yeah. even preachers, we, we, we hold people up. and we, we I mean, I do it. I do it. For preachers, you know, I think, well, preachers, they're they are so good. Well, they have bad moments, too. And if a preacher can have a bad moment, yeah. I can sure have a bad moment. Well, but I think it's – I also think it's important as part of our, there again, ongoing testimony that sometimes we share some of those times. I think so. Um, let's, let's put it in the running arena. I think as bad as I don't like to share the runs that I had last Saturday – I think there's somebody out there that needs to hear that. Yeah. Because, I mean, they can look at me and say, well, he's the run for God guy. He's a great runner. He never has bad runs. That is so far from the truth. <laughs> it is. I know. I know. <laughs> and I've watched. <laughs> I struggle. And I think it's important that we share that. I think, I think it's important that I share those bad days. And the same way, I think it's important that and our walks with Christ, that we also share those bad days because there again, that is our testimony. That is what makes our testimonies not vanilla because that struggle, it's not a brand new struggle. We're not creating something brand new in the universe. Somebody else struggles with that same thing. And what the devil tries to tell us is you're the only one. Yep. And that's a lie. There's a reason why all the people in this book – uh, are imperfect. There's a sure. reason why. There's a reason why we talk about 
all of the, the imperfections. And we don't just talk about all the great things Moses does. We talk about the, the bad things Moses did. It's, it's in here, and it's in here because God wants us to know. David was the man after God's own heart. Yep. But how, do you, how are we introduced to David many times? By the bad things he did. Yeah. Because there's only one thing that makes us good, and that's the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And anybody that tells you any different is wrong. That's right. Period. Done. End of story. <laughs> Can we end here? That's it. <laughs> while you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, so we're back. So how how's your training going? You, you've you've mentioned some things. We've already you've been struggling some. How's your training going? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what happened. You but know, I'm not quitting. That, that's the important thing. I, I'm going to slog through this. Um, I get I'm going to get to the marathon. I get it. Well, let me tell you, I, I ran a race a couple Lord of weeks willing. ago. I, I think I talked, I may have talked about it on the podcast, about the race I ran that was real hilly. Mm-hmm. And I, it just beats my legs up. And so this week, my knees are killing me. And I'm thinking, why do my knees hurt so bad? I can't hardly squat down. I mean, it, it hurt really bad, and I'm thinking, why in the world? And then, it, and then it hit me. What's that stinking race I ran a week ago? <laughs> Doggone it! So, I, I am struggling right now. I am struggling in a big way. And then, two days ago, um, my college team, my girls had, we had two groups. So we had one group that worked out at one time, and an hour later, I had another group come in, and they were both doing they were doing hill workout. So I ran back and forth over this hill with them for 10 with miles. With both groups. With both groups. Hmm. So I basically, I, I didn't quite do both of their, do two workouts, but it was close. And uh, yeah, I don't think that was a good idea based on the way my knees felt before I started doing that. So what, what is it you always say? When you're dumb, you got to be <laughs> tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's amazing how, how – uh, Hard, how much harder it is as we get older to get in the shape. I remember running yes. a PR in the 1500 six weeks after not running at all for like a couple of months to a PR in six weeks. You know, growing up, I always heard people say, my, what I would do to be young again. And I never understood it. And I guess once you start to understand it, that means you're getting old. That's exactly right. Because I'm starting to understand it. Yeah. And... Uh, well, I'm a I'm a scholar in it by now. <laughs> you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> it is time for Dean's Thoughts. That is a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this one goes out to my mother, and you're going to understand that real quickly. This one is called, Two Wrongs Don't Make a Right. If I heard it once, I heard it a thousand times growing up. Two wrongs don't make a right. It was one of my mother's top five favorite maxims. For the most part, I try to live by this proverb. 
don't make things worse by doubling down on my mistake, or worse, someone else's mistake. Those conversations would follow the same path each time. I would say, but my brother did the same thing. And she would follow with, if he jumped off a cliff, would you follow him? <laughs> I always thought, well, I don't know. How high is the cliff? And am I jumping onto something soft? Or <laughs> <laughs> of course, I never said that. I would just simply answer, no. I found the conversation more brief and much more palatable if I played along with the unwritten script. And then came the capper. You know, two wrongs don't make a right. She would usually follow that with Dean Allen. Uh, I assume the saying derived from the fact that multiplying two negative numbers together makes a positive. But that's just speculation on my part. Incidentally, my mother's number one saying was, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's a liar. <laughs> Consequently, I feel I'm pretty honest today. My mother was a wise lady who made things easy to understand. That trip down memory lane has implications for runners. For example, I've had weeks when I, had, when I have increased my mileage far more than the prescribed 10% rule would allow. Nothing happened. So in my mind, it's okay to keep doing it, right? Well, probably not. For many years, I talked about how I would eat some pretty bad food and it didn't affect my running. People would tell me that I should eat better. I would respond by telling them that crystal hamburgers were jet fuel for runners. Today, I know better. But what did I miss while I was doubling down on doing what everybody knew was wrong? I could cite one thing after another where I got by doing something that conventional wisdom tells us not to do. Long runs with no water, trying new things on race day, not wearing sunscreen, and sprinting with kids after no warm-up. Yeah, that's another story for another day. But that doesn't mean those things are fine for me to do. When there have been studies done to prove what we are doing is wrong, why would we do those things? We say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. But that could be expanded. If many others have done it and experienced the same result, what makes us think we're special? Like we can try it and we'll be, it'll be different for us. It's called conventional wisdom for a reason. If we'll push our personal boundaries but stay inside the knowledge of conventional wisdom, we're more likely to stay healthy and running for a long time. Isn't that what we want? In the same way, God gives us all sorts of guidelines in the Bible. Of course, we all think about the Ten Commandments, but those ten rules are just the tip of the iceberg. God gives us many guidelines to follow. There are hundreds of commands in the New Testament alone. We are told often to avoid or abstain from things, to be or act a certain way, to not act or in other ways. We're told how to love, things to consider, things to endure, things to flee from, and many other direct instructions to help guide our lives. I don't know of any studies that prove this point, but I bet most of the bad things, like addiction, divorce, anger, or any other thing that can rule our lives, begins with breaking one of these many instructions. For running, we have studies that show us where our boundaries should be. For everyday life, we have the Bible to guide us on our path. When we heed neither of these knowledge bases, we will most likely head in the wrong direction. When we do the same thing wrong more than once, just remember, two wrongs don't make a right. Eventually, it will catch up with us. And when it does, we'll wish we had stayed within those guidelines. <laughs> That's a great story, Dean. 
Yeah, I grew up hearing that same sentiment. Did you? Um, I, two wrongs don't make a right. You know, I always wondered that. Uh, of course, you know, I grew up, you, as you know, I was born in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And so I always wonder if that, that particular saying is a northern saying, but apparently it wasn't. No, and the, if if somebody jumped off a cliff, would you jump too? That's now that one I knew was pretty universal. Yeah, I'll sure of that one. The yeah. two wrongs don't make a right. I wasn't wasn't positive about. You know it. what I think about when when you're reading this story, and I'm going to kind of bring it back to the Bible. <laughs> I think God kind of had a saying to, or Jesus kind of had a saying back in in his day. It wasn't it wasn't two wrongs don't make a right, but the the. The phrase that sticks out in my head when you're reading that biblically is, have I not told you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of Jesus saying back then, okay, listen this time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I don't know why that stuck out of my head. But, yeah, that was always the prerequisite to kind of scolding whoever he was talking to. And it's he uses that phrase or some iteration of that phrase many times in Scripture, and it's to, to iron hammer his point home look i'm giving you the conventional wisdom stay stay inside these walls and you'll be fine but our human nature is to to get outside to eat the crystals when everybody says if you don't eat crystals you'll be faster you'll you'll be more efficient runner and i'm so glad to hear you <laughs> having this change of tune because i was one of those people for years like you would probably be faster if you wouldn't eat in jet fuel. I heard it a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, it's, it's awesome to hear that you're, you're, you're not as insane as you once were. I'm, I'm not too, I'm not too old to learn. Uh, yeah. 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 You went from one extreme to the other extreme. Well, you know, that's the way I do things. <laughs> uh, it's kind of, kind of the way I am. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it makes me wonder, you know, if, if I go back to, to my high school days and, and I think about what I ate back then, you know, I was pretty successful in high school. I was seconds away from qualifying for Foot Locker Nationals my senior year. Would I have qualified for Foot Locker Nationals if I had eaten well back then? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it doesn't infect you as much when you're young, but maybe it did. Maybe it did. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Gosh. How many times do we justify the things that we're doing just because we – I don't even know why. I don't even know why we justify some of the things that we do, um, but we do. Um, Is there something out there, if you're out there and there's something that you need to change but you haven't because you're not sure if it's worth it? You know how I changed my diet? I just decided to try something. Mm -hmm. I just decided to try something different, and I found out, oh, wait a minute. This thing I've been thinking has been wrong. You know, maybe you're out there and you've thought about, because I'm sure that we have folks that listen to this that maybe aren't believers, mm-hmm. and you thought, this whole Bible thing is really, I don't know about that that Bible thing. You know, it's it seems crazy to think that a guy was put to death and he raised himself from the dead and i don't know how i I don't know how i can believe this story of noah's ark Uh, it just doesn't seem plausible to me try it read the bible check out the the historical accuracy of the things in the bible Mm -hmm. and you may just find out that you've been banging your head against a wall just like i did about what i was eating thinking that what i was eating was was okay you may be thinking that thinking that the bible is 
maybe not completely true, you may find out that's you may find out that something that you didn't think you thought. Yeah, you I, it kind of makes me think about last night we we've been watching as a family the oh my goodness the biblical movie that's the chosen. That's I was trying to remember it. I couldn't remember um, it. Either. We we kind of we didn't watch it for a long time. We kept hearing about it and hearing about it, and so finally we've been binge watching it. And I think by Friday night we're going to be caught up. Um, but last night was the episode where I can't remember who went to Nathaniel, the architect, and was it, was it James? I think it might have been James. James was a friend of Nathaniel's, and and Nathaniel was just very skeptical about this Jesus. And Nathaniel, I mean James, just said, "Just try it." Just come listen to him talk one time. But Nathaniel was in his cycle, his own world, and he just didn't want to change anything, even though what he was doing was not working. Sometimes we just, just like you said, we need to try something. Yeah. Um, and that could make all the difference. I mean, yeah. It did for Nathaniel. Sure did. Sure did. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, so we're back. Um, we were just talking about the chosen, and you haven't watched all of them. I, yet. I haven't watched them all of them, no. Um, but I, but I, I want to. We've been. It's kind of on our list of things yeah. to do, and we just haven't gotten to. But like you, I kind of want to, kind of want to get into it and then binge watch it. I love doing that, and so we just. Well, haven't. for me, I think the the most encouraging thing to me is number one, if it seems to be very biblical, it yeah. seems to be an accurate an accurate account of what scripture says but it's just so cool to kind of put context and faces um i'm a visual person anyway yeah and so i don't know how many times we've been watching it it's like something that you really didn't understand it just oh well that makes perfect sense yeah um and uh yeah i mean the first couple were kind of slow getting started because you're learning the characters mainly now but um yeah, to put a to put a face with Mary Magdalene and and understand, you know, I always knew that that Mary traveled with Jesus. She was always with Jesus, but I, I didn't really understand how all that started. Well, that's how the Chosen series starts. It starts with Mary being possessed, and you kind of scratch your head going, why is this starting right here? That was that was a weird thing for me was where it started, but I'm not going to give anything away, but once you start watching it, you understand. Yeah. And it, it puts everything in a context. And it's just, an, it's an, it's a, to me, it's another way to experience the Bible. Yeah. Um, so are there any characters there that 
you have surprised you in some way that you were like, I didn't look at that. I didn't look at that person. Well, we that talked way. about Nathaniel. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, you. I knew Nathaniel was an architect, but that was about it. But understanding the sequence of events, because you know, so many things in the Bible, it's you got to grab from here and here and here. Yeah. Um, Matthew. I mean, the way they portray Matthew is just awesome. Yeah. And I'm not going to give anything away, but. You, when you read it now, you can understand why they're portraying him like that. Yeah. Um, a little bit OCD, ADD, kind of all the things I am. Yeah. I can really relate. That's, I relate to him now. That understand. I understand. Why. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But he was a tax man. He was a numbers man. He actually, at, at least, and, and I haven't verified this, but the way they portray it is that he, in his Jewish raising, he he skipped over the Bible teachings because he was so smart that he he bought his own house in, in the Jewish culture back then when he was 13. And, you know, I'm sure that in this movie, they're pulling from a lot of things. They're, yeah. they're pulling from Scripture, but we all know there's other historical accounts out there right. of what happened back then. And so they're pulling from a lot of different things to build this story. And from everything I've read, it's very accurate, but it's just uh, it just kind of brings it to life in a different way. Yeah, I've read a lot of good things about it. Yeah. Well, by the time this podcast comes out, we will have already started the Olympic trials. I mean, it is right up on us, and I love the Olympic trials. Um, and they've changed a lot over the years. I, I thought this was interesting. I didn't realize this. Um, originally, the Olympic trials were just a bunch of clubs. It just depended on if you were associated with one of these clubs, and most of those were in the Northeast then you really could, didn't have a shot at being in the Olympics. Hmm. Um, and then there was, like in the around the turn of the century, in in, in the 100-meter dash in one Olympics, there were 11 Americans. Well, imagine, imagine that today. Um, there are three today, hmm. right? That's the way the, the Olympic trials, that we weed it down to three, and only three get to go. Is it three for every sport? It's, it's three. I think so. I think it's three for every sport. I didn't know if it was like, I know like Lane's triathlon, you know, for, for worlds, it's, you have qualifying events around the world and that will get your country X amount of spots. So I didn't know if Olympics, because I think there's been times when we've had, I know in triathlon, I think last time around, we only had two spots. Well, now I do know this about the Olympic trials and this, this is applicable to track is if you don't have an Olympic standard, in other words, if I even if I finish in the top three in the Olympic trials, but I didn't run a fast enough fifteen hundred, that may be what it is. Then I because I know triathlon, it's you have to place X, but you often have to be within a certain percentage of yeah. the winner. Yep. So that's kind of their standard, I guess. That's, that's, that's probably, true. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So and I guess that's so that you you only get the the best. Right. There's always those from some of those smaller countries though that are that are a, a fair piece behind. Yeah. And, and we know they're going to be eliminated early, but they're. They're there yeah, I think you're guaranteed maybe one spot yeah, or something. Yeah, I think something like that. You can have up two, three as long as you meet that standard. Maybe that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But anyway. The I'm trials, surprised you don't know that. The trials have changed. Well, I know what it is for track. I know exactly what it is for track. Okay. Uh, in the United States. Sure. Because I'll deal with that. And what, the United States has had has had chance, has had times when we didn't ha have three people with a standard. We don't have that anymore. We, we've got more than three people with the standard almost, mm -hmm. it, probably at every distance, I'm, I'm assuming. Field events, everything. So we'll have three um, in every event. 
Um, yeah, and the, the trials also were really disjointed. And did you know that the men and the women didn't run in the Olympic trials together until 1976? Prior to that, it was separated, the men and the women. And in some cases before that, the the even the men's re- had regional qualifiers. So there was qualifying in California and qualifying somewhere in the east. And hmm. so it was it's it's been different. It's only been you know since around 1970 that things have really kind of pulled together and they've they've had this big big deal. Yeah. Uh, so anything anyway. Um, decathlon was one that was really really weird. Um, at one time, I don't know if you, do you know how the decathlon works? I don't. So the decathlon works like this. So you, there's 10 events. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it the decathlon. And I knew that part. Did you know that part? Yeah, okay. All right. Part. You know that part. Well, of those 10 events, the way that you're, that you place is based on, it's not placed on where you place. It's based on your performance. So a 10.23 hundred meters will get you a certain number of points, a pole vault of 18 feet, three inches will get you a certain number of points. Hmm. Um, And that's the way the decathlon is scored. Well, back in the day, after this had been put in place, we had qualifying at three different places. And the three winners of those three different qualifying, they all scored it differently. (laughs) One of them scored it by the point system. One of it scored scored it by place. Oh, and the other one canceled the event. That's what it was. They canceled <laughs> the event because they only had two show up. So uh, that's how far we've come <laughs> in Olympic trials. Uh, our trivia question for today: We want to make sure that we we keep with this Olympic thing, mm-hmm. maybe until the Olympics come. So um, it's getting harder and harder to find Olympic uh, events or things that happen in the Olympics. But uh, there's a lot that's happened. So. Who was the first American male to finish the 1980 Olympic marathon? And what was the story there? Do you know the answer to this one? I don't know the answer to this. All right. I Maybe I do. All right. I'll ask you after this is over and see if it's right. All right. Now, don't forget, if you know the answer to this question, you can send that to dean at runforgod.com. Not messenger. Not customer, customer service. service but dean at runforgod.com. First one, Run Club box. Send us your T-shirt size so we can send you that box. All right. Here's why running is so awesome, and I know you're going to love this one because it has to do with organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good developer of long-term goal execution, right? So think about it. What is better to develop a long-term execution strategy than setting a goal that's a year down the road, like the couch to marathon people have done, right? They've set this goal a year out, mm-hmm. and now you have to do all these little steps to get there and have to be organized to get there along the way. Um, that's a great – we do the same thing for work. Mm-hmm. We do it at home. We do it in all sorts of different ways. Um, and then we develop these intermediate goals along the way, just like we do in running. You know, right now we're working on the 10K. We're going to get to the 10K before we worry about the half marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's park right here just a second. Yeah. So you and I know this, and we're just going to kind of pull the veil back just a little bit. But we're already working on the marathon challenge for next year. Yeah. We actually already have a goal race in mind. It won't be Disney. We've made the decision. We're going to kind of move it around a little bit. We have made the decision that this is going to be a yearly thing. Yeah. Because it was fun. It's... It's growing run club. It's it's holding our feet to the fire and our running. 
mine mainly. <laughs> um, so if you've enjoyed this, I know that you probably know 10 people that you would want to do or ha- or maybe they've even expressed to you, hey, if you do this again, let me know. Yeah. Well, here's your here's your uh, here's your sign. This is your notice. We're doing it again next year, starting in January. It may be a little bit later in January this time, just because of the scheduling that we're working out and the race that we're graduating at. We'll be getting out all the details in the coming uh, weeks and month. Um, but go ahead and start making your short list of people that you're going to go to and say, "Hey, I did this. I'm doing this. You can do this." Let's do it together starting in January 2022. Yeah. And uh, so so maybe you're running the marathon with us at Disney. Well, this is a great opportunity to form your own small group. You step back or maybe you, you put your training on hold and, and let the program catch up. But step back a few steps and get some others involved. This is the discipleship part of what we do here. Yeah. And we're going to challenge everybody to to do it again not only do it again but get more people around you doing it with you and i you know we had 1700 people start this past january we've kind of set a a loose goal out there and i'm just gonna go ahead and say it of ten thousand. how fun is that gonna be and think about this of those 1700 that started they're not we're we don't have 1700 no, now we don't. so there's a lot of people who didn't have hasn't been able to make it some for some very, very good reasons, um, but they were able to start back again next Take year. Take two. Take two. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, be thinking about that. Pray about it. Um, think about those people who you can see it in their eyes that, man, I wish I could do that. Well, this is going to be your opportunity. You know, it, I feel like it's going to be just like the Run for God classes. You know, the first class somebody teaches, is, it was what happened to me, is very small. But rest assured, there's been people out there watching you. Yep. And thinking, man, I wish I could do that. If they get this, I'll do it next time. Well, most instructors will tell you that their second class dwarfs their first one. And it's because you have so many people out there watching. Know that people are watching you. Um, Let that be your motivation, but bring them on this January. Yeah. And you know what that notice was that you just gave? That's the Mitchell notice. Mm -hmm. You know, six or eight months before we start. Mm -hmm. The Dean notice will come in, in, in November, December. (laughs) <laughs> there will be peer pressure rest assured we are very good at peer pressure we'll we'll call you we will send you emails we'll get other people to call you and send you emails uh, you can't hide from us um we want you involved we this is this is this has been so fun it's been good for me and i know it's been good for other people and the the atmosphere that this has built has just been incredible spectacular absolutely our motivational thought of the week is this don't be afraid to fail. Be afraid not to try. Hmm, I that, love that. That comes from Michael Jordan. And, man, it speaks to what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. Don't don't not try. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all right. Everybody, you're doing great. Um, you're, again, you continue to support one another. Mitchell just mentioned the, the Facebook group is just fantastic in the way that you guys support each other. And uh, keep being a little vulnerable out there. I love to see somebody who's struggling a little bit who says, I, I, I got to be honest, I'm struggling. And you're going to get some support. You're going to feel, sure. feel the support. And, um, and sometimes it's what we need yeah. to keep going. Absolutely. So don't be afraid to do that. All right. Now may God bless 
every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.